Live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, it's time for Spirituality for Everyday Living with Melinda Vale. As the medium who makes a difference, Melinda and her guests discuss practical spirituality and how it makes an impact on our everyday lives. And now, here's your hostess, Melinda Vale. Welcome to Spirituality for Everyday Living. I have a wonderful special guest today. Um, This is a person that I call a witch doctor. Because I fell and hurt my back. I herniated a disc on one side and bulged a disc on the other. I went to her three times and she fixed it. Ten years, still no problems. And this is my dear friend and colleague at the Empowered Living Center, Dr. Maya Swan. Hi, Maya. So nice to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because you and I both work in the spiritual realm, but in different areas of the spiritual realm. I'm working with a subconscious mind when I'm doing hypnosis, and I'm working with the uh, the, uh, spirit when I'm doing medium work. But you work with the body, and you have a special technique. But first, I want you to tell everybody what myofascial physical therapy actually is. So yes, I am a physical therapist. I have my doctorate in physical therapy, but I specialize in a form of therapy called John Barnes myofascial release. Um, The reason that I make the distinction of John Barnes is there's a lot of people that say they're doing myofascial release, and it's a little different if they're not trained by John. So basically, we are addressing the fascial system. Um, John Barnes, I'm going to mention him a lot because I really have a lot of gratitude for John for this work, for gifting me the knowledge that I have. So a lot of the information that I have, it's not my information. Mm -hmm. It's information that either he has shared with me through his experiences and his work, or he has opened up my mind in a way that I am able to tap into the knowledge that I already had within mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes teachers are teachers where they're just feeding you information. That's not the kind of teacher that John Barnes is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just very, very grateful to him. And I owe him a lot because of him gifting myself personally this work. So myofascial release is basically tapping into the fascial system. So the fascia is the connective tissue that goes throughout your body from head to toe. Mm -hmm. If you've ever cleaned a chicken breast, it's that real thin membrane around the chicken breast. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll see it's very thick in some places where it's a little bit white, Mm -hmm. um, or you will see the white lines in steak. Mm -hmm. Um, That's fascia. Mm -hmm. So the fascia not only goes around every muscle, it goes around every muscle fiber, fibril, all the way down to the cellular level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So John Burns founded this, um, it's been over 50 years now, I believe, um, through his own injury. And he's had decades of being ridiculed for his knowledge of this system. Mm -hmm. And it was not very long ago that the scientific community came out and said, oh, look, we found this new organ. It's fascia. Well, we've been addressing this origin organ for a very long sure, time. 
um, through myofascial release. Mm -hmm. So basically, it is almost like a spider web that goes throughout your body from head to toe. Mm -hmm. um, in, so in that way, the body is all connected. Mm -hmm. um, when there's any kind of trauma, whether it's physical or emotional, you will get scar tissue adhesions within that fascial system. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine a spider web, if you were to drip glue on a spider web, it's going to clump in one area, but that's going to infect the entire affect the entirety of the web. That's mm -hmm. exactly what happens with the fascial system. Mm -hmm. So if we have an injury, say you cut your arm open, a scab will form and we can see it. Mm -hmm. If it's an injury that occurs internally, sometimes we can't see it, but there still are adhesions there. Mm -hmm. um, you can see those adhesions if they're very, very thick. Sometimes they will show up on CT scans or MRIs. But if they're not thick, they don't show up. So a lot of times people will have some kind of injury um, and then they will have symptoms and they'll go to their doctors and their doctors will say there's nothing here mm -hmm. because they don't see it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that it's not a structural issue. It's just a structural issue that our diagnostics aren't able to mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. So before the, there were people that ridiculed him that didn't believe in the system because they couldn't see it. Now our microscopes have gotten better, microscopes have gotten better, and we see that the fascia goes around every cell of the body. It's kind of like having a fishnet stocking in your, in your body, and you showed me a picture of it, and it, to me it almost looked like icicles, different icicles, um, when we were talking about it the other day before you know, we decided to get together and do the show, we were talking a little bit about this because I found it so amazing, Maya. I, was, I think I was 59 when I fell. I fell hard, obviously. Uh, I ended up going to the ER, MRI the whole nine yards, uh, herniated disc on one side, bulging disc on the other. Many people have this kind of injury for life, and, you know, and I did go for one uh, epidural shot, I think a, one, one a spinal tab, whatever it's called, I'm not sure. Um, but then you were down the way from me. I was renting an office, and you were down the way, and I thought, well, I should try this gal. I saw your sign. I thought, well, I should try this gal because I, it, it's easy for me. She, I can walk down at lunch, right? So little did I know that my intuition was telling me that I was finding someone that could absolutely turn this situation around for me, which you did. And there's two things about it. One, you said, can I work in your mouth? And I was like, what the hell is this little girl saying to me? Can she work in my mouth? Okay, it's my back that hurts, but okay. So you put a glove on and you worked in my mouth and lo and behold, no more pain. So then I went and bought a, a building. It's called the Empowered Living Center. And I called and said, would you come down? Nope, nope. She said she's happy. I literally, on my knees, prayed for this woman every night for a year <laughs> until she called me and said, do you still have space? Because I believe so much in her and in her work so much. But again, we were talking about the consciousness of inside the body and the fact that Somehow, in my consciousness and your consciousness, our vibrational frequency melded for that healing to take place, and that doesn't always happen. Can you explain, A, why you were in my mouth, and B, <laughs> how that happened? Um, so, first of all, I want to pick on you a little bit because you said I fixed you. Ah, and, okay. Pick on me, please. And I did not fix you. So, I don't fix anyone. I don't have that ability. 
people come to me and I connect in with you. So you allowed me to connect in with you, in with your physical body, which is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Now to take it a step, another layer and to allow me to, to connect in with you through your mouth. I mean, that is a very intimate mm -hmm. um, way to connect in, in with someone and you allowed for that. Mm -hmm. um, so basically with myofascial release, we're putting pressure into the fascial system and waiting for a release. So we wait at least three to five minutes. Um, now John is recommending we do even longer because they're finding that at the five minute mark, you release interleukin-8, which is a cancer fighter. So why not do another couple minutes if mm -hmm. we're fighting cancer? Mm -hmm. um, so basically, we're tapping into that fascial system. So like you said, um, it's kind, it is kind of like icicles. So if you look at the fascial system under microscope, the, which we were able to do now, um, there's a French doctor, which I should speak French, but I don't, and I can't say his name, um, but he does, he videoed the living body. And the living body, he was able to show the fascial system and showing that that spider web isn't just a web, it is uh, made up of microscopic tubules through which fascia, through which the fluid flows through the fascia. Mm. So that's exactly right. So it's kind of like if you had icicles and I'm putting pressure into the system, gentle pressure waiting at the barrier for those icicles to melt, and then the fluid is able to start to flow again. So when you have a restriction, imagine if you were hit by a paintball, right? A paintball gun and the paintball, and it would explode. So that's a trauma. And it can be physical or emotional. Mm -hmm. So that will cause a difference in the density of the tissue. Mm -hmm. That, I can feel it when I'm touching people. So when I feel that there's a different density, then that tells me that there's some kind of restriction. And I put pressure into that area and hold and wait for it to melt, mm -hmm. to open things up. Mm -hmm. Why did I go to your mouth? I don't remember, I don't know exactly what called me to your mouth in that moment. Sometimes I'm working on someone's back and I can actually feel almost like like ropes or I can feel it pull all the way up into another area. Mm -hmm. And some or sometimes it's more of an intuitive thing or an energetic thing where I just I feel there's some kind of connection. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to hurt anything to go to that area and see what will happen mm -hmm. if we address this mm -hmm. area. So interesting. So I'm glad for the correction because truly in spirituality, you know, you are your own best healer. It's a belief system that allows for healing. However, I think there's a little bit more of a depth in that as we talk to each other about the, the spiritual essence of the body how I always talk about the divine mind being above the body because I go into a divine mind in order to connect to the other side of the veil, in order to talk to loved ones on the other side. But uh, John Barnes talks about the divine mind actually being a part of the body as well, which does that coincide with chakras or how does that, I mean, because I always believe that the seven chakras culminate up to the divine mind above, but how does that integrate into one's body? That is a wonderful question. So whether we're talking about chakras or pressure points or that can happen anywhere in the body, in my experience. So yes, there's been times that I actually got on a chakra before I knew what a chakra was. Mm -hmm. So I was working on someone and I was holding and all of a sudden 
I started moving like this and I'm like, what is that? I'm just going with it. it the movement isn't coming from me. It's coming from them. I'm just mm -hmm. going to go. And then later I learned about chakras. Mm -hmm. So I believe I was on a chakra there. But that you can have that concentration of energy in any parts. It doesn't have to be basically with myofascial release. And I think this is what really sets this apart from everything else. There's no protocol. There's no linearity. There's really no linearity mm -hmm. in our bodies at mm -hmm. all. So to say like there's certain chakras, yes, there's there's certain areas where they people are more likely, let's just bring it back to muscle tension. There's more likely areas where you would have muscle tension, right? But that doesn't mean you couldn't have it anywhere. It's the same, in my opinion, w with chakras. Those energy flows can be anywhere. Um, so again, back to the fascial system, if you, if you recognize it as microscopic fibers through which, I'm sorry, microscopic tubules mm -hmm. through which fluid flows, John Barnes talks about that that fluid may be our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So to me, that may be our mind, mm -hmm. not our brain. That's very different. Right, right. So the, in the way that you work where you tap in to this higher power, mm -hmm. um, I believe that I'm also tapping into that because I'm open to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I also believe that there is a connection between the smallest cell of our body and the most divineness of the universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I believe, and, and I don't, I'm not well versed in meditation. I only know what, what I have learned. So for me, when I feel into someone else's body, but more so when I feel into my own body and I go deep into my own body, I am also connecting into that power that's so much bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with myofascial release, I'm connecting in with myself. And then I'm allowing myself from a place of centeredness to become spacious. Mm. And in that way, I'm able to connect up, around, all around me. Um, when I first got into this work, I was like, where does this, where does my spirituality fit in with this? Mm -hmm. This isn't a religion. Mm -hmm. This, this, he's been accused of this being a cult. This, he's the most opposite person of a cult leader. He is more... Learn this for yourself. Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't care if anyone believes him or doesn't believe mm -hmm. him. He's mm -hmm. like, this is what I learned. Um, and so he's not teaching anyone how they should believe. But what happens when you start to tune into your yourself, you turn it, tune into your inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when that happens, so my goal is for that to lead to discoveries about whatever the issue is that the person is coming to me for. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you're coming to me for back pain, I need you to really tune into your body to feel into that mm -hmm. so that together we can find where is the cause. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the cause is in your jaw. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the cause is in your environment. Sometimes the cause is something that does need surgical intervention or does need medication. Right. But I don't think that those should be the first things that we jump to. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, you know, the buzz phrase going with the flow. And I'm thinking about the flow or the fluidity of the body with the mind. And it almost to me looks like, you know, that, uh, that uh, crazy eight that goes back and forth that is kind of linked to our DNA and so on. So, you know, spirituality is about understanding that you're connected through your divine mind to all aspects of every cell of your body, every bit of your spirit. 
when you do a meditation, you can get to the point in a meditation where you actually have what I call a sporgasm, a spiritual orgasm. You are feeling the spirit in your body. You are shuddering from head to toe like you're having an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And when I'm going to do life after life demonstrations, I look to have that feeling, whether it takes me one hour or five hours in meditation, three times before I'll step in front of a group full of people. Mm -hmm. That's my whatever uh, number that I feel allows me to be in that place, body, mind, and spirit, to allow myself to make that connection with other people. So it's really about learning how to go with the flow from within yourself and that you're the facilitator of connecting the flow in some form or fashion back to its own consciousness, back to its own place of, of balance or healing. Do I have that Absolutely. all right? Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that we do in myofascial release is rebounding. So I will have a person lay on the table and I will rock their body. So I'll push away, get out of the way, push away, get out of the way. And if you think about it, we're mainly fluid. Mm -hmm. So this is a great diagnostic tool as well as a treatment tool to show me where are their subconscious bracing patterns? Where are they not flowing mm -hmm. through their body? And then that either I can go there to treat them with structural work or I can stay in the flow. So I believe that sometimes our flow is stifled when we have a trauma because of the density of the tissue mm -hmm. around those microscopic tubules. Now, the, the fascinating thing, all of this is fascinating. The human body, if you study the human body and you aren't just in awe of it every day, I don't, you're not paying attention mm -hmm. because it is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So basically, some of the things that I've found is when I am there and I am present with my patient and I am waiting at the barrier and we go into a resonance. So I'm vibrating at a certain level and you're vibrating at a certain level. And then we start to merge our vibration. That's resonance. That is when the release will start to occur. Now, sometimes when a release occurs, the person will start to cry. They'll have an emotional release. Mm -hmm. Sometimes anger will come up. Sometimes grief or sadness will start to find their way out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the, the, we call it the fascial voice, there will be something visual that I will see on the body. So sometimes it will be red or it, and, and not necessarily where my hands are. I will give you one extreme example and I don't expect, first of all, I don't expect anybody to believe anything that I'm saying right now, because if it was me, I didn't believe it until I felt it myself in my own body. Mm -hmm. um, John wrote a book about his experience and some of the, his experiences were so extreme that even though I was open to learning about this, I knew parts of it was true. I was like, come on, that can't be true until it started to happen under my own hands in mm -hmm. my own treatment. Mm -hmm. So um, one time I was working on somebody and they had something show up on the surface of their skin. It was a handprint. And it was a handprint around their throat. Mm -hmm. And it was so distinct, it couldn't have been something else. And I was not up in that area. Mm -hmm. I, I was elsewhere. And so I just casually mentioned, Do you, did you ever have any kind of an issue where, or with your throat? Well, then that person shared with me a story of trauma that involved being choked. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. The person didn't remember that. So the things that we bury in our subconscious, we may not be thinking about it. Well, consciously, we may not know about it, but our body remembers Absolutely. and our cells hold on to it. And I believe that while talk therapy and other 
therapies have a tremendous amount of value. This is another way to help get into some of that subconscious holding patterns, trauma that we have so that we can release it. Absolutely. And I don't know of another way. This is the way that yeah. I connect with. Right. So when, when like what you were saying, sometimes you'll feel that. I will feel that too. It, this work, the changes that I made for you and your back, that wasn't me. That was me connecting in with something that was greater than myself. Mm -hmm. That To me, that's God. But I don't want to put labels because I don't want to shy away people that don't like that label or don't connect with that. That's what it is to me. It comes through me and then it flows through you. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to see where is it not flowing? Mm -hmm. And then your body has this innate wisdom to if it's the time to let it go in the way of shedding tears, punching a pillow, screaming from your core, then I'm just there to help facilitate that. Mm -hmm. And with my presence, saying it's okay and to hold space and allow for anything that needs to come up right we don't want anybody to be have any misunderstanding that if you're getting work done and you don't have a spontaneous thing happen like i did that there's something wrong with you um, i don't want to leave that impression at all sometimes it takes a bit of work um, i of course do subconscious mind therapy hypnotherapy uh, healing the inner child work and I always suggest to people that they do body, mind, and spirit. That's what we're made of. We're a three-legged stool. And if one of the legs of the stool is not is shorter than the others or longer than the others, then we're out of balance. But I don't think either one of us want to leave the impression that, you know, that what happened between us is uh, uh, all that common. It just, it, 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 sometimes it takes more time. And it, it may just be because I am out in La La Land most of the day <laughs> talking to the dead. It happened that way. So we don't want you to feel like if you come and you have a treatment and you don't have that spontaneous recovery not to come, sometimes there are baby steps that our body wants to take and our mind wants to take and our spirit wants to take. Sometimes we don't um, need to do a giant step. It's not bears, it doesn't bear as much fruit as smaller steps do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to eat that elephant one bite at a time. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't want any misunderstandings when we talk about that. But it's, it is the reason that I coveted you to come into my healing center because to me it was such a miracle. And of course, it's never come back. I've never had that issue come back, which is uh, absolutely amazing. So in your own personal life, you've had some trauma. Yes. So when I first started this work, I was just trying to get another tool in my toolbox to help others. And it rocked my world how much it helped me just with physical things that were minimal in my life mm -hmm. compared to what my patients were dealing with. Um, and so I, I remember asking um, one of the ins other instructors, um, can this help you if you haven't had any trauma? And he smiled like, We've all had trauma, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I had immense personal benefits from this work. And then, and I felt like I'd never had really serious physical or emotional trauma. And then later, yes. So I was hit by multiple things, blow after blow after blow of emotional things, not physical, emotional. Um, I went through a divorce after a marriage, 18-year uh, marriage. 
Um, my mother committed suicide. So I was with her trying to prevent that for, for a while. Um, so I knew all of the details of everything that she was going through. And that to me was the worst emotional trauma that I had gone through or that I could ever imagine. Of course. Yes. Then a year ago, I had a very severe um, physical trauma where I completely herniated my lumbar disc. And so the the disc is basically like a jelly-filled donut, and the jelly was able to completely move out because I completely ruptured that very strong outer layer, and it went out. So yes, I have been able to experience (laughs) the most profound emotional as well as physical pain. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where I would be without this work. Mm -hmm. So that is my reason for being here is because when things happen to me physically and emotionally, um, I just thought to myself, thank God I know what I know Mm -hmm. because I don't know how I would have gotten through what I got through Mm -hmm. what I'm still going through. Mm -hmm. So um, this also helped me to see that there are some traumas, there are some wounds that just they will never completely heal. Um, And this work helped me not just to survive, but to thrive. Mm -hmm. The most amazing things can still happen even when you've been through some of the most horrific things. Even when you're a suicide survivor. Yes. It just doesn't feel like that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, you think there's no way I'm ever going to move through this in a way that life is going to make sense to me again. Mm-hmm. The truth is, is that that kind of grief becomes part of you. It never does go away. It, it's part of your skin now, mm-hmm. and you'll never lose that piece of the grief. But you certainly can use the tools that are available, not just this work, but counselors and people that you know can help you get through those kinds of losses to be able to have the tools to find some level of balance again. I'm sorry you lost your mother that Thank way, you. Maya. And, and I mean, it's the details that get you within the experience. I can empathize in a way with other people that there's no way I could have empathized with because I have been there. But also this work helped me to know that it was okay to tune into what I needed in the moment, no matter what that was. Mm -hmm. So when I got the news that my mother had left this planet by choice, I felt this scream come out of me and it was from my soul Mm -hmm. and I was present for it. And I let myself feel every feeling when it would happen because of this work, because I knew I'm going to have to feel it at some point anyways. Mm -hmm. Let's just get in there and feel all of this and do what I need to do. So if it's a scream, I think there's some people that maybe went through that and they never gave themselves permission to scream from the soul. Mm -hmm. They felt it and they stifled it. And thank God I had all this teaching of knowing no matter what it is that comes up, whether it's you know emotions or whatever, it's okay to honor what my spirit needed yeah. in order to express. It's, it's like getting hit by something physical when it's something emotional and your physical body to me needed to be able to right. let like, that go. You know, like being hit by a Mack truck. I, Absolutely. You know, and I, I talked to all too many people. In fact, I talked to someone this morning who lost a son and said she goes through the motions every day and pretends she's all right. 
Right. Don't pretend you're all right. You're not all right. It's all right when you actually, you know, move that energy. It's mm -hmm. not good to stuff the energy. It'll come out in some other way. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that this gave you the, the tools for that. You were raised in Alaska. Yes. Where in Alaska were you raised? Um, I was raised in Soldotna, Alaska, on the Kenai Peninsula. Can I just make a comment to what you just said? Of course. Of people going through the motions. I think that this is the case that can sometimes happen. So we sometimes leave our body. We sometimes leave our physical body. So if we are hit by something that is greater than we feel like we can handle, mm -hmm. we have this beautiful, wonderful mechanism to leave our body. So you have probably heard of people saying that they were molested or raped and they saw it happening. Like it was like they were on the ceiling right. and they were looking at their body from the disassociate. Or maybe like you were driving to work and you've driven there a million times and you're like, oh my gosh, I got here and I don't remember getting here. Well, you left your body. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even have to be a trauma. You just weren't thinking about something. You weren't present. I think that that is something that's going on uh, maybe it's just because of my age now that I'm start aware of things differently. But we are living in a world that really encourages us not to be present. Get on your phone, get on social media, get, you know, even if it's intellectual things, thinking, 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 trying to solve. You're not in your physical body. Mm -hmm. So that woman that said she was just going through the motions, maybe she was. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's not in her body at all mm -hmm. feeling anything because it was such a trauma. She had to leave. That's an so, amazing point, Maya. Absolutely an amazing point. So part of what this work does is help bring you back in. Mm -hmm. And I give people the choice. You have the choice. You can you can stay out, but I want you to feel that you're out. Mm -hmm. Because if she is not in her physical body, she's not connecting with her loved ones in the same way. She may not be living her passion the way that she would if she was fully present in her physical body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is so much depression and anxiety, and I just can't help but wonder if it's because so many of us are walking around outside of our body. Thinking Remaining about- I think there, you know, when you're disassociating, you are remaining in shock. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly there's a level of shock that gets us through mm -hmm. a funeral or whatever we have to do, you know, thank you for coming and all of that. Mm -hmm. But then we do have to climb back in in order to make sure that we are able to process. But if you stay in a disassociative state, then you're staying in that shock place, mm -hmm. I think. And uh, you're right, we disassociate all the time um, in so many ways and don't even realize that we're doing it. Yes, I one time watched a father reprimand a son in a very harsh way, and I could just see the boy left. Mm -hmm. He needed to leave, and I'm glad that he left. Mm -hmm. But it's like if you keep repeatedly having issues where you have to leave, sometimes you get a little more comfortable not being present. Or if you have a severe physical pain, so like when I ruptured my disc, that was excruciating pain. It would have been a lot better to leave. But to come back in and to connect is the only way to heal. Mm -hmm. You have to be in this physical body to heal. So how you mentioned your, how you really resonated with this work, well, you are a very present person. When you speak to people, you're like your eye contact, you're like you are connected, mm -hmm. even if it's only for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. 
not everyone is like you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are not present. So when they come in, if they lay on my table and they want to think about their grocery list or they want to think about other things, they're not going to be able to resonate. We're not going to be able to resonate together mm -hmm. um, because they're somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So they need to be able to have a reason to come back in. And sometimes it's painful. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, like if, if I'm working on an area and then sometimes in the moment or sometimes a couple hours later, things get worse. And I'm like, I don't want things to get worse, but I'm just as happy when people come back and they're like, oh my gosh, I felt like a Mack truck ran me over. Or I felt exactly like I did when I was seven and I had that bike accident. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or I felt just like I felt after giving birth and it was traumatic for me. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe they left during that time and with this treatment, they have to come back in. So if they sit with it, if they allow that to happen mm -hmm. and they give it time, they'll feel even better than they ever did before. Mm -hmm. But the only way is through. Through the trauma, yeah. You think when people have a lot of childhood trauma and they grow up and they're constantly in a state of disassociation, as they get older and older, they get more and more distant from themselves mm -hmm. and almost spacey mm -hmm. and stoic mm -hmm. and, you know, not understanding why people are kind of trying to get them to connect and stuff. They don't have any clue how to connect with another person. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know that one of the things that just makes my heart so happy, the thing that people comment the most after I've worked with them is that I've given them hope. Mm -hmm. and. There are people that have lived like that, and they will tell me, I don't know, that they've lived 60 years, 70 years. They have lived not connected with themselves, and they are able to. So it's, yes, if you've had decade after decade of trauma, there is still hope. Yeah. That can still change. Yeah. That I love it when people say, I'll ask, like, well, where is that scar from? Like a, a scar that I can see. And they're like, oh, don't worry about that. That's been there for 30 years. That's never going to change. Mm, Great. That tells you a lot Let's about Let's just them, see right? what happens. Yep. And then when it changes, they're just blown away. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to change if it's been there that long. It is harder to, to treat things sometimes when people are older. I treat infants. And so sometimes I'll have a mother that brings an infant in that is not able to latch, whether they have a tongue tie or whatever the issue, and they're able to breastfeed by the end of the hour. Now, again, that's not always the case. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's an infant that's been through a whole lot of surgical intervention, medical intervention, a lot of trauma, um, and it takes a little longer. But for the most part, they, the younger they are, they really, they don't know that it's strange to cry. <laughs> you know, they're not trying to shut down their tears. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to keep their bodies a certain way. They just are open to allowing whatever needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why sometimes with older people who've used disassociation or uh, detachment mm -hmm. as a tool in their toolbox, they, they have a harder time making that connection because they have to have the willingness to face the trauma again or to face the trauma what it really was and so on yeah 100 percent. So, so then there's fight flight or freeze mm -hmm. so sometimes people come with a freeze response mm -hmm. and they've been frozen for a great deal of time mm -hmm. and so yes it's just like we were talking about we have to get in there and get that energy to start to flow 
and allow that fluidity to come and the consciousness to come. And when when things start to open, they literally sometimes will thaw. Like they will shake mm -hmm. and then they'll go into something else. It's fascinating. You know what's interesting for me is if someone sits in my chair, I haven't opened my mouth yet, and they say, I feel like I'm going to cry, and they start to cry in my room, yes. not even in exchange of energy, I know that those people are frozen. Mm -hmm. I know they're not in fight or flight. I know that those are my freeze people because the minute they walk into where you know, the connection between people happen all day long. They feel it and they immediately get that, yes. you know, that thought energy. So. so I'm a physical therapist and I'm trained in, in the physical body, but there, but there's energetic bodies. You, they probably walk in and they feel your energy out here. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a vibration that they've never felt before. The first time that I took one of John's courses, um, I went, he, I asked him a question and he had me come up, come up on stage and you have to be in shorts and a sports bra. And I am very, I don't want anyone looking at my, I don't want to look at my body. I don't want anyone looking at my body, but this is in front of a seminar a room full of therapists. But as soon as I got in his area, mm -hmm. I just felt calm. I mm -hmm. felt like everything was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I know, I feel that with you too. Mm -hmm. So I am sure that people come in and they that without you physically putting your hands on them, you are, they you're treating them. <laughs> immediately melt. And speaking of being frozen, I started to ask you about being raised in Alaska. Oh, Tell I'm me so about being sorry. raised in Alaska. <laughs> what is it like to be raised in Alaska? Small town, big town, what? So very, very small town. Um, when I moved here, I went to, a, I don't even remember what they're called, like a hockey game. And they announced the amount of people in there. And I was like, oh, that's the amount of people like on the whole peninsula. That, <laughs> like, I'm from a very, very small town. Mm -hmm. um, I had the most amazing upbringing. And while I did not appreciate it when at the time, um, our mountains were real mountains. So like when, I, when someone told me Camelback Mountain, I, uh, uh, I appreciate it. I love it. But I was like, that is not a mountain. <laughs> um, I think, like going back to the whole how I think people aren't very present very right now as far as electronics and all of these things, I had the opposite of that. I grew up in the forest. Like we would, mom would send us out to play and we wouldn't come back until dark. And it doesn't get dark in Alaska in the summer. So we were out exploring and I really think that part of why I connect so deeply with this work is because I was learning this work as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we all were born into this world knowing these things. So John teaches like none of us MFR therapists are doing anything that anybody else can't do. Um, when he started to to talk about feeling into the body, so like say I'm pulling, say I have someone laying flat and I'm pulling on their legs and I can feel, oh, you're tied in your right shoulder or there's something going on in this left hip or wh whatever. The, I grew up fishing. That's what I did. So when I would fish, I could feel if the end of the, whatever was on the end of the yeah. line was a rock versus a stick versus a fish like I'm feeling through the line of the fishing pole uh -huh. so isn't that interesting it is that I spent hour I love to fish I spent hours perfecting something that I would use as an adult mm -hmm. or just being with nature mm -hmm. just being still mm -hmm. not I do doing think that that's why I asked you about where you were raised because I do think wherever we are from however we are raised 
whatever our ethnicity is, whatever our religious belief system, all culminates in who we are as adults and what we're supposed to do with our purpose in life. And purpose in life doesn't mean necessarily what you do for a career. Now, you happen to be doing your purpose for a career, and so am I, but there are other reasons that we have purposefulness on this planet that has nothing to do with what we may do to earn money. So I think we have to look at the holistic part of who we are, where we came from, who our parents were, who our grandparents were, um, how we were taught, where we lived, uh, all of those things in order to look at who we are inside and outside the body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Inside and outside the body. Well, honestly, Maya, I know that you and I could talk forever. <laughs> Please tell everybody how to get a hold of you and um, uh, about your website and how to call and, you know. Okay. So um, I really appreciate you allowing me to be here. Um, yes, I do have my own practice. It's selfsolace.com where you can find all of the information that you need. I know a lot of times people do podcasts or put themselves out there in a public way because they're trying to sell a product or generate income mm -hmm. or generate something to, to their business. My intention today is just to honor John to show gratitude for this work that he found and he shared. And because of that, it's been able to ripple out to so many people. So you can go to my website and there's a link back to John's website. Um, and there's a, there's links to other in, bits of information. My other purpose in being here is to just shed some light of hope for people that are at home and they are dealing with physical or emotional pain and they feel like they've done everything and they feel like they're not getting better. And I just want you to know that there are other things. And like you said, Melinda, sometimes people have very dramatic, big responses. A lot of times we have to kind of allow your body to get used to connecting with your body. And so just being easy on yourself and, and being able to allow yourself to, to go into it as much or as little as you want. Um, there is a network of therapists throughout the world. So just like the fascial system is a spider web, we are all connected too. So I am here not for myself, not to promote my business, but for all of you that are listening to know that there's hope, there's help out there, and we're throughout the whole, the whole U.S. and world, really. Thank you, Maya. And my purpose for being here is to teach you about spirituality for everyday living. Thank you for joining us.